Are you okay? Yes. Thank you, Lord. Are you comfortable? Yes, sir. All right. <laughs> Aren't we thankful for good, comfortable building and buildings and seats and parking places? Thank you, Father. Go with me, if you would, to Mark, the fourth chapter. This is, uh, as far as I know, not a part of a series. I make no guarantees. <laughs> but I said as far as I know at the moment. We walk by faith, not by sight, which means you don't see everything beyond it. But the Lord ministered to me about this today, and I'm, I'm convinced there are some answers. Thank you, Lord, for reminding me of that, too. Thank you, sir. Uh, we, the Lord dealt with me for us to pray uh, Hebrews 4.16 before we started this. And I had forgotten it, but the Holy Ghost just reminded me. Put on the screen, please, Hebrews 4.16. You can just remain seated. But it just says, uh, let's come boldly. To the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Do you believe that no matter what you're dealing with, God has the answer? Do you believe that? It's the fact. And I'll tell you this much. The devil always tries to convince you that it's worse than it is. He always tries to convince you that it is absolutely hopeless and there's no answer and there's no way out. But he is a liar, a deceiver and a defeated foe. Hmm? There is a way. Come on, somebody needs to say it. There is a way. There's an answer. There's a solution. There's a way out. There's a way through. There's victory. For this situation right now. So come on, let me lead you in this prayer. Say, Father God, we come boldly to your throne and we ask for grace and for help right now in our time of need. We ask for it because you told us you would do it. And we lay hold of it. And by faith, I receive my answer in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. The Lord dealt with me that we were to do that at the beginning of this part of the service and that answers would come. People would get answers tonight and pass tonight. Do you believe he's that kind of God? Do you believe this? Does that sound like him? Yes. That's him. In uh, Mark, uh, the fourth chapter, and the 35th verse, he said, The same day when even was come, uh, Jesus said to his, his disciples, he said to them, Let us pass over to the other side. Now, those of you that have read the word, you know what we're about to, to see is how that uh, um, they went across the the lake in the boat and got in the storm. Anybody remember reading about this? Well, uh, back up. Uh, Phyllis and I used to get to uh, travel with the Hagans, Brother Kenneth Hagan Sr. and Miss Aretha. And a lot of times we'd get on the plane, whether it was a commercial plane or anything else, a lot of times he'd sit down and say, okay, let's go over to the other side. Huh? Here we go. We're going over to the other side. Now, that's that's different from going halfway and crashing. Or going halfway and drowning. When the Lord says, we're going over. They're going to help me preach this tonight. When the Lord said, let's, let's, let's go over, let's pass over. To the other side, you should be able to breathe a sigh of relief right then and say, we're going to make it. Why? Elsewise, the Lord would have said, let's go halfway. Huh? Or whatever. But he said, 
Let's go over where? To the other side. So are we going to make it to the other side? You can know that before you ever leave. Huh? Based on the word of the Lord. Let's pass over to the other side. Now there's also, why would he say that? Why would the Lord tell you? know, everybody's always wanting a word from the Lord. <laughs> and of course we do, but they're talking about a special word, a word of prophecy or whatever, a special word. A lot of times those things are either because you hadn't been paying attention and you need something stronger to get your attention or something significant's coming up and you need a real strong word to help hold you through it. Oh, that went over big, didn't it? Well, I want a special word, Lord. Do you now? Are you sure? (laughs) If you listen to the witness of the Spirit, a lot of times you don't need a special word in a lot of areas. But then there are times that, you know, something's coming up and the Lord knows it. And he's already got your victory mapped out for you. But you need something that will hold your soul in anchor. Huh? Huh? And so I, I don't know that there's a reason uh, why this would have been, you know, just a regular thing. But uh, Brother Hagin made it a regular thing with him. But when he looks at the guys in the boat. He says, okay, boys, let's go over. Let's pass over to the other side. I don't know what they thought about that. But they heard Jesus say a lot of interesting things. Right. They saw him talk to trees. Right? And the wind and... So, I mean, they knew he, he says different things. But then we know from reading the rest of the account, he goes and finds him a spot in the back of the boat to take a nap. <laughs> Keep reading. When they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. So he, he'd been ministering all day and was, was tired, I'm sure. And there arose a great storm of wind. Not just a gusty wind. This is a full out storm. And the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Uh, Matthew's account said the, the waves, the ship, the boat was covered with waves. It was swamped. It, it looks like, you know, any minute it's just going to bloop because it's it's full, full of water. And uh, he was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. Now let's back up. Verse 37. It's a severe storm. The boat is swamped. It's at night, right? I guess, yeah, even has come. Uh, this looks bad. It feels worse. Hmm? Right? Right? Just because it looks bad and it looks like you're going to drown and feels like you're going to drown, that doesn't mean you're going to drown. Hmm? Regardless of what, you know, um, bad reports are all over the place. A bad report is not gospel. Hmm? If you're your doctor finds something that's not good and he gives you a bad report. That's not a death sentence. Huh? That's not the last word. And even though, did they have any symptoms? Huh? The boat is swamped. <laughs> now that's a, I, I got a little, uh, uh, sport boat some years ago it was only about I don't know 14 foot long and had a great big motor in the back of it you've seen those that stick out and the chrome pipe stick up you know real loud but real low to the ground because it's a little speed boat and I made the mistake of getting out in this great big lake on a Saturday and uh, there was a bunch of people out there 
And oh man, these waves just got bigger and bigger and bigger. And so I gapped it one time, and here come this wave, and the little boat so low to the, the water, it came right up over the nose and bow and just filled up my cockpit with water. Just swamped it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm barely, you know, an inch sticking out of the, the water. I thought, oh, no, just any minute. This is going to sink to the bottom, and i got to swim to the shore. It's a bad feeling. And that was in the sunlight, in the daytime. Huh? And I had a motor. They are, at night, they are... Uh, a storm. I mean, they didn't just have a wave come up on them. They're in a full-out storm, and they're swamped. Now, we got all got flesh, and what we're about to get to here is to see the fear that they had, and what Jesus said about it. And all of us, you know, in word and faith circles, we know that you should not fear. I want to see a show of hands. How many knows you should not fear? Huh? <laughs> I want to see a show of hands. How many have ever felt afraid? Same hands. Okay. You don't get rid of fear by knowing you shouldn't be afraid. That's not going to fix it for you. You don't get rid of fear by trying to ignore that you're afraid. (laughs) Faith is not pretending. Faith has nothing to do with pretending. Nothing. Denying things that are going on is not faith. And in order to win the battles... You have to first deal with the fear. Hmm? If we don't deal with the fear, we won't win the battle. Now this is an area after area after area. Do you, do you remember, have you read the word enough to know how many times the first thing the angel says when he came on the scene? What? Fear not. How many times uh, Jesus, in talking to people, said to them, first thing out, fear not. Fear not. Why did he do that? Is that just like his, his, the way he greeted people? Hi? Fear not? <laughs> now you're laughing, but you can get used to reading things and hearing things and not realize the significance. Anytime the Lord and and the Word of God leads with something, puts it first, it's because it is priority. Hmm? If it had been a minor thing or a secondary thing, he wouldn't have, that wouldn't have been the first thing out of his mouth. And it's because if you don't, in fighting the good fight of faith, if we don't deal with the fear, you're going to lose the battle. And I'm not talking about it's possible to have faith in your heart while you're still dealing with some thoughts in your your mind. Sure, but you cannot just yield to the fear and win the battle. So he, uh, they're in a, a really bad situation, and it it looks hopeless. He's in the hinder part of the ship asleep. How do you sleep through that? <laughs> you know, Peter was so sound asleep in prison hours before he's supposed to be executed that the angel had to kick him. To wake him up and deliver him. Hours before he's supposed to be executed. How is that possible? One word. 
Faith. Faith is a rest. Hmm? We which have believed do enter into rest. If I'm panicking, if I'm coming apart, I can't rest, I can't sleep, I'm being faithless. No faith, which is a big problem because God requires faith of us for him to get involved. It's a choice of what to yield to and what to resist. I'll get ahead of myself just a little bit, but what do you do with fear? Somebody help me out. What do you do with fear? Huh? Resist. Resist is the word. We're going to see this come up more than once in the scriptures. Somebody say resist. 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 That, that word can also be translated stand against. You cannot just let fear come in and sit on you and work on you and you do nothing but cry and feel bad. You will lose the battle. Is everybody listening? You got to, to, to get a hold of yourself and resist the fear and refuse to yield to the fear. Oh, you'll have feelings of fear. Hmm? Thoughts and feelings will come. But you don't have to just sit there or lay there and cry and think about how bad it is and how hopeless it is. That's losing the fight. You've got to reach down to the greater one on the inside of you. Right? And no matter how far you feel away from that condition, you start saying, fear, I resist you. I resist you. In Jesus' name, I refuse. Come on, somebody say it out loud. Fear, I resist you. Now see, this can be, don't, don't just lock into one area. This, this covers all of life. Fear of not finding a person if you're looking for a spouse not having anybody fear of losing your job fear of not being able to pay your bills fear of contracting the virus or some other situation or, or disease fear, fears are everywhere because the God of this world is influencing this world and he is a fear monger. He is just, he's pushing fear on every side. And most of the world is just yielding to it. Even people that don't appear to be too shaken, they've just learned to do a good job to cover it. But the fears are there. Listen to what the psalmist said. Hold your place there in Mark. Psalm 34, verse 3. You've heard this before. We say it around here from time to time. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name, not the problem, his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. And what happened? What He delivered me from what? There was a time when I hit 80%. 80% of my fears. No. No. All. He, he heard me. Somebody say, he heard me. He heard me. And delivered me. Delivered from me. what? All. All my fears. We, in our circles, we've heard some of these things. But we still have not seen how deadly fear is. How serious it is. The scripture says in Hebrews. You can put it on the screen for us. Hebrews, the uh, second chapter. And what is it? The uh, 15th verse or so. It talks about how that Jesus has delivered them, including us, 
who through what? Fear of death were what all their lifetime. Now this is not just a few times. All their lifetime they were what? Subject to bondage. Fear makes you subject to bondage. And fear of death is fear of irrecoverable loss. That's why those who know the truth and know about heaven, we don't sorrow like those who have no hope because when a a family member, a friend uh, dies and leaves this world who's a believer, we know we didn't lose them. It's not irrecoverable loss. They relocated. We'll see them again very soon. That takes the fear out of it. Come on, can you see that? And delivers you from bondage. Bondage are shackles. It's like going through life in handcuffs. Going through life spiritually in leg irons. Fear. That's why, that's the first thing out of the angel's mouth. Fear not. <laughs> Come straight from the throne of God. How I many understand? This is important. Yes. Of all the things you could say, this is not just standard greeting. God doesn't just say things for no purpose. Do you remember when the uh, um, Jairus's daughter, you know, was uh, near death, and he came to get him to come, and he said, "I'll come." And uh, on the way back to the house, they, he met them. They came from the house and said, "Don't bother the master any further. She's gone. She's dead." Do you remember what Jesus did? Anybody remember reading that? He he turned and looked at Jairus. Hmm? He didn't say, "Don't worry, I got this." See, that's how religious thinking is. That's not what he said. What did he say? Fear not. Only believe. She'll be, she'll live. Why would you say that? Because if he doesn't do this, it's going to interfere with what's going on. It can disrupt it. It can stop it. If we don't Deal with the fear. You lose the battle. And again, thoughts of fear can come at any time, anywhere. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about yielding to the fear. Just yielding and crying and feeling sorry for yourself and yielding to the hopelessness. You do that and you have lost the battle. That's why the scripture tells us, resist the devil. Amen. Yes, Fear is one of his main weapons, one of his main things. You don't wait until you see some figure in a red suit with horns and a pitchfork. Huh? How do I resist the devil? One of the main ways you resist him is fear. Anything that looks like fear, sounds like fear, smells like fear, should put us in auto-resist mode. (laughs) We we, We should be primed and on auto respond. Anytime we we hear, think, smell fear. It ought to put us into resist mode because we know we we cannot afford this. We cannot have this. It's a choice not to believe. To yield to the fear is a choice not to have faith. Are you all okay? Uh, Go back. Well, I guess you're still there. In Mark 4 and see what he said. He's in a hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. How could he do that? 
Boats, he's got to be wet. We know the boat swamped. Matthew said it was covered with waves. Winds kicking and blowing. He's rolling around. Snoozing. They had to wake him up. They said, Master. Now here's something. Don't you care. Don't you care. That we're perishing. You going to sleep right through us all drowning? Don't you care? See, this is how the enemy works. When the, the duration, when, when the, the pressure, I, I'm trying to say, is on, and it looks terrible, the, the only way the enemy can defeat you is to convince you it's hopeless and to get you to yield to fear and doubt God and question God. That's the only way he can beat you because the bigger one is in you. He cannot destroy you and consume you just because he wants to. He has to get your cooperation. Has to get it. That's why the scripture says he goes about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Man, that's a good revelation. That means there's some he may not devour. Well, what should we know what determines who he can devour and who he may not? What makes the difference? We're talking about it right now. He may devour those who yield to fear. Yield to hopelessness. He may not devour those who refuse to fear and choose to believe and resist him steadfast in the faith. He may not devour them no matter what he wants to do. That's fighting the good fight of faith. You've got to resist and keep on resisting. In, in Ephesians it says, you know, put on the whole armor of God uh, that you may withstand. That's the same word translated resist. So you can resist. One of the biggest lies the devil has convinced the whole world is that he doesn't even exist. That's one of his most successful campaigns. Is that there is no devil. Well, if you believe there is no devil, when are you going to resist him? Never. Right? You'll just yield to everything that comes along and not even know what's going on. And be defeated. Again. And again. And again. But... Inside, all the time it's happening inside your spirit is yelling at you that something's wrong. Something's wrong because you were not made to be conquered and destroyed and defeated. You were made to overcome. You were made to win. Is it true? But God's got to have your participation and mine. He's got to have us do what he said. Can you see that, now I'm not judging these guys, we've all made mistakes, but can you see this is going the wrong way? They are scared, and you know, anybody would be naturally under those conditions. But here now they're questioning God's care for them. Don't you care? And this this is exactly how the enemy works. Where are you, God? When I need you, well, you're yielding to fear. You're making a choice not to trust him. You're questioning his character. Questioning his love for you. That's how you go down. Oh, yeah, you can, you can mouth off. You can get mad. You can rail, scream, cuss, do whatever you want to. But that's you go down while you do that. Or 
you could trust God. Amen. Huh? Amen. You could make a choice. Instead of resisting God, resist your enemy. Right? You know, if, if husbands and wives would just get a revelation. In the middle, well, actually, it would be better if at the beginning of having a fight. <laughs> huh? And you can see things are going the wrong way and the tension's building. If both of them just stopped and said, hold on now, you're not my enemy. And they said, no, you're not my enemy. And they both turned on the, the real enemy. Yeah. Come on, can you see that? Yeah. And, they, and both of them together said, devil, yes. stop it. Yes. Get out of here in Jesus' name. Come on, can you see that? Yeah. Oh, man, things have changed so quickly. Because things get so bad when people get in a rage and they get so hurt and they get just, you know, emotionally confused. And that's because there's evil spirit activity. And that happened because people are yielding to it. Anger, rage, lying, deceiving, fear, pride. These are ways... The enemy is given access. That's what he's looking for. So he can steal. So he can kill. So he can destroy. But smart Christians. And we got, we got smart Christians at Faith Life Church. Oh, that was weak. That was weak. I said we got smart, wise Christians in Faith Life Church who are not ignorant of the devil's devices. Who see him coming a mile off. And say no you don't. No you're not in my house you don't. You stop it right now. In Jesus name. And I'm not. you're not just hollering and yelling. You're making a decision. A decision. I am stopping right now. Yielding to this anger. This ain't God. I'm stopping right now. Yielding to this hurt feelings and this depression. Get out of here. I don't want you. I'm not yielding. And get your mind on something else. Change the channel. Are y'all okay? He said, uh, don't you care? And uh, verse 33, he arose. And rebuked the wind. Now this lets you know. God the Father was not in this storm. Yeah. Because huh? Jesus always did the things that pleased the Father. If God had been in this storm. Jesus would never have rebuked it. Can you believe that? Yes. Just some insight here now. God is not in every storm. Huh? He's certainly not in things that still kill and destroy. And thank you, Lord, for reminding me. They say there's some storms out in the uh, Atlantic. Is that right? How many think we ought to speak against it? Come on, stand on your feet right now. I should know this. Which way am I facing? Are we facing the north? Yeah. So this stuff is what over here? Yeah. All right. Huh? Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll be close either way. Said out loud, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord for, authority. for authority in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Storm systems, out in the ocean, we speak to you in the name of the head of the church, Jesus, dissipate, weaken, go away from us in Jesus' name. Dry air, flow into them. Jet streams, Increase and cut off their growth. We speak to you, dissipate, weaken, come apart in Jesus' name. And touch us not 
We forbid it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That is not the last thing we need to do. What, what's next? Yes, but there's something else. We're talking about it all night. Don't let any fear in. Right? Because if you yield, if you start getting panicky, then that means you don't believe what you just did. Hmm? You can be seated. And that's why thanking God's appropriate. Instead of getting scared and going, oh no, oh no, you say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. He always takes care of us. He always protects us. Hmm? Has mercy on us. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> We're kept. Kept. By the grace and goodness and power of God. Somebody say, I'm kept. I'm kept. You remember the scripture said he, he's given his angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. Amen. That means a lot to me. I, uh, I use that in a number of areas because everything I'm doing is some of my ways. Amen. Right? And they've been charged by God to keep me in you in all our ways. Man, that covers a lot of ground. So Jesus got up and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. Three words, and everything's okay. <laughs> Somebody say three words, and everything's okay. And then Jesus turned around and said, why did y'all wait so late to, to wake me up? I'm all wet. Huh? Man, I'm glad y'all woke me up. No. That's religious thinking. Peace, be still. The wind ceased. And there's a great calm. How many believe that will still work today? Yes. Absolutely. And he said to them, not, why, you know, glad you woke me up. Why did you wait? What did he say? Why are you so full of fear? Now, we, we've read past this and people think, yeah, you know, isn't it great? Jesus calmed the storm. He's not talking about the storm anymore. He's talking about them, isn't he? And he's asking a question. Do you believe he's just asking it for no reason? Or would he want a reply? A response. Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Come on, can you see this? Full of fear and how much faith? No, if you're full of fear, there's no faith going on. And of course, you're going, you're going to lose the battle that way. That's why I said you're going to lose the battle. Because faith is the victory that overcomes the world. Yes. Right? Yes. Faith. Faith. And being full of fear reveals no faith. What, we, what do we see in this? Why, why would he even ask him that question? He's not trying to be mean to him. He's not trying to be hard to him. He's asking him a legitimate question. Why? They have been with him for what? Months? A couple of years now? They have seen him do all these things. He has sent them out and authorized them. He's authorized 70 more. They, he's asking them, why didn't you take care of this and let me finish my nap? Hmm? Now religion won't agree with that. They don't like it. But why did he ask them this? To make them feel ashamed? To embarrass them? To condemn them? No. No. He wants them to realize they didn't respond correctly on this. They slipped right back 
into fear. Like before they even were around him. And anybody can do it. Because fear is real. And it's going to come. And you'll feel it. It'll, it. Fear can hit you. Like an invisible wall. A barrier. You're like, whoa, where did that come from? And, and it just you, you can feel terror. But it doesn't mean you're defeated. It means you best strap on your armor and get to resisting this junk, right? You you must not just fold and wilt and go. There's no way. There's no hope. Nothing can be done. We're all we're dead. We're dead. We're dead. Then you are. You will lose the battle. But Jesus proved this wasn't nearly as bad as what the devil is portraying it to be. It's dark. Wind's blowing. It's lightning. Waves are crashing over the boat. boat looks like it's just going to go bloop any minute. It's swamped. But in three words, Come on. peace, be still. Wind quits blowing. <laughs> Waves calm down. Hallelujah. Still. Lake. They're sitting there with water dripping off their nose. It's quiet. How quickly can God fix a situation? Huh? Yes. How quickly? How quickly? If we will not yield to the fear. But I want you to notice verse 41, their response. So they what? Really feared. <laughs> they don't throw any rocks because we've, we've messed up before. They feared exceedingly. That's not what he said. But the flesh is the flesh. They said, what manner of man is this? Notice they didn't say God. What kind of God is this? Because he did it as a man. If he hadn't done it as a man, it wouldn't be fair to ask them, you know, imply why didn't you do something? That wouldn't be fair. But he did it as a man. Hallelujah. Somebody say glory to God. Thank you, Father. Praise you, Father. Can you, uh, can you take a little more? Yes, Praise be to God. Go to, uh, go to 1 Peter 5. I think we need a... No, no, no. Well, yeah. You go to 1 Peter 5. And I'll put Job 3 on, Job 3 on the screen, please. 325. And you'll get a twofer. Job 325. Notice... What Job said in the midst of his terrible ordeal. He said, the thing which I greatly feared is come upon me. And that which I was afraid of is come unto me. This is a spiritual law. Your faith will come on you. But so will your fear. And this is not just something a thought crossed your mind and in a moment of weakness you said the wrong thing. This is not about technicalities. This is about you stopping resisting fear and just yielding to it. And what you, what you get into is you're expecting something bad to happen. That is perverted faith. When you're in faith in God, you're expecting something good. Can you see that? The devil's not a creator. All he knows how to do is twist stuff. Wicked is from the root word wicker. And wicker's twisted. So the devil has twisted faith. And learned how to get people to believe for their own destruction. 
Now is that ignorant or is that ignorant? Using your own creative power of your spirit to destroy yourself. (laughs) He's feeding it to you. But we should be enlightened enough to, to say no. I'm not saying that. That's not what's happening. I resist that in Jesus' name and start declaring what God said would happen. Start declaring, calling those things that be not as though they were. Right? Thanking God and using your faith in a positive instead of letting it be twisted into fear against yourself. Saying, I'll never make it. Uh, There's no way. We're all dead. We're, we're done. We're going to lose everything we got. I mean, I, I've made plenty of mistakes in, in my confession, but as the years have gone by, there are certain things you couldn't get me to say if you were threatening me with a ball bat. I believe in the power of my words. Huh? I believe what the Lord has told me, that life and death is in the power of of my words. And that if I believe it. And not doubt in my heart. But believe that what I say comes to pass. I will have what I say. Jesus the head of the church said that. So I'm not going to say. I'm not going to make it. Because my words come to pass. Come on can you see this. I'm going to say. We're going over. going over. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody help me out with. Huh? Huh? We're making it all the way over this COVID 19. And all the way over these economic issues and problems. We're going all the way over to the other side of this thing. What's the other side when you're when it's behind you? When it's over. That's the other side. When the trip is over. Because <laughs> he always. Causes me to triumph. But I got you know, One of the definitions of confession. Is saying the same thing. Confessing God's word. Is saying the same thing. He said about you. And refusing to say anything that's contrary to that. It's how we, how we resist fear. Let me read other translations of Job 3.25. He said in Young's literal. He said. A fear I feared. And it meets me. Why would it come to meet you? Because your fear is drawing it. You hear people say, I'm just afraid I've got this. I'm afraid I'm going to get this. I'm afraid this is going to happen. Friend, that's deadly. It's no small thing. It's deadly. I feared a fear and what happened? It came and met me. It found me. And what I was afraid of, it does come to me. It came to me. Well, why was it able to come to you? Because you started believing for it. It wasn't the faith of God. It was perverted faith. It was fear. But you became persuaded that something terrible would happen to you. And you started expecting it. And that sets spiritual laws in motion. And gives access to the enemy. The NIV says, what I feared has come upon me. What I dreaded. Has happened to me. I have no peace. No quietness. I have no rest. But only turmoil. That's why. We are commanded. To cast all of our cares. Over on him. Right? Cast all our cares. Over on him. And let the peace. Of God. Keep our hearts and our minds. Is it possible in the midst, in the midst of a roaring storm and a, and a swamped boat? Is it possible 
to not give in to the fear. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord, for your peace. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Go to 1 Peter 5 now. I need a few minutes. Do you have them or not? Yes. I mean, it might not hurt to wait for the rain to slack up just a minute anyway. I mean. 1 Peter 5 and 6. It says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you, lift you up in due time. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. Now, this is, this is not separated. This is together. Be sober. Be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Did you see this in in the Bible there? It's divided into chapter and verse. It wasn't written in chapter and verse. He said, cast all your cares on the Lord because he cares for you. Did you see that was the first thing that they were challenged in when they were full of fear? Don't you care? Because faith works by love. Knowing how much he loves us is one of the biggest parts of that. Casting all your care on him because he cares for you. And be sober. Be on the watch. Be vigilant. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walks about seeking whom he may devour. Who is he able to devour? We'll look at the very next verse. Whom what? Whom what? He's able to devour those who don't resist him. That's who he's able to devour. Those who don't resist the fear, the doubt, the questioning God's character. All of that is temptation. Temptation to fear, temptation to doubt, temptation to rebel, temptation to disobey, whatever. All of it can be under the general heading of temptation. But what are we to do with temptation? What did Jesus do for those 40 days and 40 nights? What did he do? Did he ever give in? No. Did he ever compromise? I'll I'll meet you halfway. No. Resist. 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 Come on, say it with me. Resist. 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 I wish I could tell you that you could resist one time in the morning and you're done. Happy times. I wish it was that way. It's not that way. The devil is a persistent cuss. He will come and bring something against you 500 times in the first four hours of the day. Why? Well, anytime you're seeing he's pressing you like that, it's because a victory is at hand. Elsewise, he wouldn't be pushing you like this. And he knows if he can't get you to stop believing and start fearing, there's nothing he can do to stop what God's doing in your life. He's not big enough. But he knows if he can get you to start using your your spirit power against yourself, talking fear and unbelief, he knows even though the angels are working, they'll stop. Even though the power of God was working, it'll stop. Why else would Jesus look at Jairus? For they took another step. And what did he tell him? Fear not, Jairus. Is this serious or not? Why why would he do that? Because this is make or break. Are we going to see a miracle today or are we not? Now, see, religion doesn't like that. They say, oh, no, Jesus, you know, he, he, he could do whatever he wanted to. That's not what Jesus said. He said he could of his own self do nothing. That's what he said. He would not have said this and done this if it wasn't critical to what's happening. He looks at him. He says, don't be afraid. Fear not only Believe. Does that sound similar to what he's saying? You're full of fear. You've got no faith. What do we want? Full of faith. No. Oh, y'all getting it? What do we want? 
How do we get to miracle? Full of faith. No fear. Does that mean we won't have feelings of fear come against us? Oh, they'll come against you. But what do you do? Come on. You, you resist. 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 Hmm? And if it comes back again, what do you do? I'm tired of resisting. You best resist. Do you want to lose? Yeah, we all have gotten tired at times. And that's why I'm not going to shed a tear when the devil gets his and gets thrown into the lake of fire. He deserves every bit of it. Oh, he's cruel. But we're still down here. We still got to deal with this. So what do we do? What do we do? Resist steadfast in the faith. Say it out loud. Resist steadfast in the faith. Say it again. Resist steadfast in the faith. Now are we waiting for uh, horns and a pitchfork? What are we resisting? Fear is of the devil. Right? Depression. Anxiety. Right? Can you see that? Anger, rage, uh, these d- disobedience. That's what you resist. And you keep on resisting it. In closing, go to Isaiah. Isaiah 54 and 13. Here's the word of the Lord. That was spoken long ago is still true today. He never changes. He said all your children. Shall be taught of the Lord. And great shall be the peace of your children. Every parent. Every grandparent. Are to have that imprinted on your mind and heart. Huh? If it's new to you. Mark it right now. Get a hold of it. If God said it to them. He said it to you. He's no respecter of persons. He never changes. Right? Said out loud, all my children will be taught of the Lord. Great shall be the peace of our children. Hallelujah. He said, in righteousness you shall be established. Oh, is everybody reading? You shall be far from oppression. Why? Why? For you shall not fear. Fear makes you subject to it. Having no fear makes you free from it. You shall not fear from terror, for it shall not come near you. Behold, they'll surely gather together, but not by me. There were demons in that storm that came on that lake that night. Had to be. It was unusual. It was all at once. It was too bad. It was too severe. The devil's trying to kill them out there. Jesus would never have rebuked it if the Father was in the storm. Can you see that? He rebuked it. He's not praying. He wasn't asking the Father for anything. He knew the Father wasn't in it. He knew what to do about it. They'll come together. But not my me, says the Lord. Whoever shall gather together against you will fall for your sake. Verse 17. No weapon that is formed against you shall prosper. Oh, somebody say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Listen to the CEV. It says, weapons made to attack you won't be successful. Words spoken against you won't hurt you at all. The ESV, the English version says, no weapon that is fashioned against you shall succeed. That should be our thinking. What should have been their thinking in the boat? It's easy to look back 2020. I'm not judging them, but we do need to know how they should have responded. Huh? They should have looked up and thought, ah, you dumb devil, it ain't going to work, it ain't going to work. You will not kill us out here. For one thing, the Lord said, we're going over. 
we're passing over to the other side. That's the word of the Lord. It cannot fail. Heaven and earth will pass away, but it will not fail. So it don't make any difference what you do. If the Lord has to make this boat fly out of here. Right? (laughs) We are not going halfway and drowning. Your weapon will not prosper. Your device against me will not succeed. There are times, child of God, you need to be vocal about this. When you see things trying to come against you and hurt you and cause you a problem, there are times you need to say, when it, when it looks bad and hopeless, you need to say, no, it won't. It will not. No weapon formed against us will prosper. Not against our family, not against our church, not against our business, not against our kids. Come on, say say it out loud. No weapon weapon. formed against us will succeed. succeed. It will not prosper. It will not. not. If you know it will not, you don't have to be afraid. Can you see that? If you know you're going over, you don't have to be afraid of drowning. If you know the missile they just fired at you will not find you. Hallelujah. It'll be a dud. <laughs> It'll miss you. It won't succeed. Amen. Then you don't have to panic. You don't have to be afraid. That's how you can be cool as can be when that thing is rocketing towards you. When the boat is swamped and the lightning's crashing. Jesus is sound asleep. Why? He's not concerned that they might not make it. At all. He knows. It doesn't matter what the enemy tries. He already said it. We're going over. Right? Stand on your feet, everybody. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Father.